Welcome back, everyone, to After the Sermon Ends. We know that after the sermon ends, the conversations can begin. Today, I am joined by Pastor Marcus Donaldson and our good friend, Julia Yoder. There we go, with the sound effects. How are we doing, guys? Wonderful. I'm having... So good. Oh, sorry. I'm having an all-star breakfast kind of day. Yeah, you just, you just got out of Waffle House. You yep. just had an all-star. What was that your wasn't metaphorical. What was your favorite part of that all-star? Uh, the waffle. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm typically just a single waffle guy when it comes to Waffle House. I I can't eat like the whole all, all star special, so maybe I'm just need to get Weak. bigger. No, well, so I bit both sides of my tongue oh, yesterday, no. um, so it was kind of unpleasant to eat. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's it's kind of unpleasant to talk as well. Oh no! Gosh, uh, Julia, do you have a? choice order from Waffle House? Yeah, you know what? It's the hash brown bowl for me. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. You know the hash brown bowl? 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 <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. Oh, nice. But you know what's better than Waffle House? The food of the scriptures Hi, of God. Hi, <laughs> which is what, Julia? What, what, what scripture are we in? We're in Romans 5, which I'm not mad about. And what were some of your biggest takeaways? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you start? You're <laughs> yeah. the. You should give Fair us the recap, enough. Marcus. Josh, I thought you were facilitating this whole thing. I mean, you just got. It is a free for all <laughs> facilitation today. I can tell. Um, <laughs> Go ahead with so, it, though. <laughs> Romans five one through eleven. We we hit verses one through four last week. Uh, so this week we jumped uh, right into verse five, where. Um, you know, Paul continued on the, the present results of justification. You know, we, we covered those first uh, three the week before, peace, grace, and hope. So we, we concluded with the present results of justification. We went to the um, past basis of justification and then the future promise of justification. And really, you know, we, we said it at the beginning last week and, uh, and this week, you know, the if we had to summarize what what we find in this passage or what justification produces, it's assurance. It's assurance that we can not only, um, we can experience in the present, but it's grounded in an objective and historical reality in the past. Yeah. And it gives us hope and a, a promise of the future. So, I mean, what a great thing that, that the assurance of salvation doesn't depend on me or how I feel because um, that would be very difficult um, and cause my emotions to be all over the place. So praise God uh, for assurance and for the the certainty of salvation when it's by faith alone. So good. <laughs> You're looking at me like, and Julia? I thought you had something to say. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's just so good because what else, nothing else can do that. Yeah. And it's like when people are like, like no other religion, no other thing is as assured as we can, like we can be so sure about that. Right. Because we can look at scripture and know God is never going to go against himself. Right. Like he's the faithful one. I feel like that's what stands out to me about Jesus I mean, I feel like now I could just trail off into whatever. Do but I'm it. like, he's the only one yeah. that's like that. Yep. I'm like, that's why we have assurance, yep. like you you said on Sunday. Not about anything that I can do or I can feel right. or I can 
muster up. Yep. It's like, that's our faith. And it's so, yes. I'm like, <laughs> what else do you need? It's <laughs> right. like, that's the hope. Right. It's so good. I love it. Yeah, the the basic tone that I've gotten from just this whole entire passage, 1 through 11, has been just all about the the actions of the Lord for his people and how we are just the recipients of that. Like you, you see that from verse 1. Since then, we have, we have been justified by faith, uh, and we have peace with God. It is given to us. Uh, and later on, even in the, the very last verse there in verse 11, it says like, um, yeah, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So all of it is just like we are the the passive recipients of that. And we've talked a lot about how we don't just stay passive in our faith like after we receive it. But um, but all of this is just the, the tone of it has been we receive it from the Lord. It is his, it is His justification and our faith in Him and in that justification that that saves us. And um, it's been such a wonderful reminder, even going back to like you know the end of chapter three into chapter five. Now, um, you know it's it sometimes seems like you're just hitting the same point over and over and again, uh, but it you just find a new way to highlight just a different aspect of it each week. Praise God! I mean, it's His word. I'm just a mailman. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, assurance is kind of towards the end of the passage, but why don't we just start there with the ramifications of it? I, I guess I can open up the conversation with a couple questions that I kind of have. Um, I kind of asked it on Friday, was like, is like doubting of our salvation and doubting our assurance in Christ a universal issue for, for Christians, or is it more of just something in our culture, in our time type of thing? And then a kind of a follow-up is, what do you think, still contributes to that today, like the, this lack of assurance that we struggle with? Okay, so if I'm going to answer in order, I'm going to try my best. I, I think, yes, it's a universal problem. Um, I think that anybody who in, embraces the, uh, the true gospel, that uh, it's by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, uh, his finished work on the cross, his death and resurrection for the forgiveness of sin and promise of eternal life, I, I think that that anybody in any culture um, has a hard time receiving a free a free gift, right? Like the the concept of something so grand and so glorious and that costs so much um, requires nothing from me. Um, I, I think that that's it's it's unlike anything we see in any other religion. Like Julia said a few minutes ago. Um, and it's something that isn't um, isn't easily reflected in in culture. Now, when we come to America and our performance-driven and our uh, meritocracy and our um, capitalistic, individualistic um, society, it's even harder, I think, in, than in maybe some other places in the world to to really. Um, to really like rest in um, constantly, I mean, yeah. like not have to wrestle with it ever, um, uh, with justification by by faith, and I can be assured of it. And so I think yes, it's a universal struggle. I think as a as Americans, I think we could um, struggle with it more um, because everything in our society 
is um, different than that. And, um, yeah, did that answer all three? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Julia, any follow-up on, like, things that you've seen um, that, like, kind of hinder that assurance for us today? Yeah, I mean, I think I could speak from my own personal experience. Like, going back to what Marcus was saying about the how our culture specifically can be very, like, strivey, performance driven I think that culture leaks into the church Mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. and growing up in a household that did go to church you know my parents did love the Lord I still didn't understand fully even after I came to Christ I still didn't fully understand what it what that relationship looked like and how I could wrestle through things so I just completely avoided doubt altogether. Like, I felt it in myself, but I was like, I'm just going to avoid that altogether because when I look around at other believers that I know, they seem to know what's going on, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like the church smile, how you doing, brother, blessed and highly favored. <laughs> Bye. You know, like, I thought that every you had to have it together, which I'm not saying that everybody necessarily has to go through a season of doubt, like, Lord bless, like I, I like looked for people who were like so sure in their faith who could point me to the scripture and be like, look, here's where it says, like, you can't lose your salvation. Like, this is why you can be sure wrestle out your faith. Like, so once I like started learning and the Lord like revealed to me through his word and through people who loved the Lord that like, this is what it looks like to wrestle out your faith and to know God and like it's relationship. Um, and again, like here are, here are the scriptures that say like you're justified by faith. Like it's not anything that you do. Like I had to unlearn all the performance stuff. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, yeah, that's just like a little bit from personal experience. Like, yeah, I do. I definitely see it in our culture for sure because I'm like, yeah, I was that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I grew up in this culture and that was like definitely definitely a part of the reality and wrestling that out. Yeah, and whoops. Um I think there's this sense in Christian circles that, you know, are around us that when it comes to doubt, it's either like you you have to avoid it, like avoid the questions and just like continue you know on the the straight and narrow path of like you got to believe this and believe it the right way or like on the opposite side of the spectrum it's like you're spiraling out of control like there's no kind of measured approach of like it's like i have a big question um where is it in hebrews that like a lot of people point to that oh yeah this says it here in hebrews that that you can lose your salvation uh like hebrews 6 yeah yeah like there's a lot of people that have hard questions of that and even for me it's like i kind of avoided even that little that passage that it said there because of how hard of a time I had grasping it and but like your encouragement on Sunday Marcus was like you know take some time you know carve out some time for prayer carve out some time to really dig into the word and and wrestle with it like it, it it you can you know keep your eyes on Christ and have this measured approach and and have those questions without spiraling out of control if you like if you doubt it right um and it'll strengthen us 
uh, in a way, because if we just go at, go at it of like, oh, we're spiraling out of control, we have all these questions, none of it's getting answered, like, we don't, I, I think we have a harder, harder time coming to that submission that the answer does lie in Christ. Yeah, I, I would, I would um, second that. I, I think, you know, when we're talking about wrestling, we're, we're talking about, at least in this context, like wrestling with our doubts. Um, and, and I think that I, well, I know that I'm not strong enough to wrestle my own doubts. Like, I'm not good enough. I'm not obedient enough. I'm not any enough, like, to wrestle my doubts. Um, and I think that that's a good thing to recognize at the forefront. Because what that, uh, uh, what it allows me to do is say, okay, I'm not strong enough um, to defeat my doubts in myself. So I need to rely on God through prayer. I need to rely on God to speak to me through his word. I need God uh, to rely on God to encourage me, to, to, um, to fill me with his love, like we uh, read this week. It, it's, it, it's, um, re- it shifts you from completely relying on God. And I think, you know, for me especially, what when we talk about doubts, it, it's like not only, I think it's a byproduct of the performance culture uh, that we were talking about, but it's, you know, when we, um, I think that it really reveals what you're relying on for salvation. Yeah. You know, we would, we would say that, that good works are the necessary consequence of salvation, right? Like, we're, we're not saved by works, but we are saved for works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Um, and so, it, it, I think doubt, a lot of times, it reveals what you're relying on for salvation, recognizing that you're not strong enough, that you're not good enough, that you're not enough, period, I think points you to um, or leans you to relying on God. And that was the encouragement from um, Sunday. Yeah, I think this um, helps transition us back well into that conversation about, like, God's righteousness being given to us and imputed to us. Like, back in, um, you know, even there in verse nine about like for while we were still weak at the right time christ died for the ungodly and we talked about it last week and in, in last week's sermon about how like we were enemies of god not just like you know passive prisoners that needed to be rescued we were in the army against god and we mm-hmm. were enemies of his uh, of his and he reconciled that turned us completely around and um saved us from that uh, and it, it was helpful because you, you kind of brought up a few different um like wording choices there, like with justification, reconciliation, and then salvation. I, want, I do want to jump into that. But um, you, you brought up a good point about, um, you know, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one will even die. Like I was kind of, I've, I've always been a little confused on that verse. Could you clarify it again for us? Like yeah, on Sunday? a righteous person is someone that you might respect. Um, a good person is somebody uh, that you might give your life for. It, like, um, Somebody that you respect, you'll rarely die for that person, right? So what Paul's doing here, sorry, I should have prefaced it with this. What Paul's doing here is he's, he's comparing and contrasting human sacrificial love with God's sacrificial love. Uh, a, one of us might die for somebody that we respect or somebody that we perceive to be a good person, right? Like um, a soldier for their, uh, for their buddies, a parent for their child, whatever the case may be good person, somebody that we love, 
righteous person, somebody that we respect. That's not what Paul is saying here. We weren't those things. We were enemies. Christ died for his enemies, right? Like, to reconcile his enemies to the Father. That's, that is beyond any concept of human sacrificial love um, imaginable. And, and it's, um, it's absolutely unique in its scope, in its sequence, in its um, consequences. I'm thinking of a synonym, but right. I, it's not clicking. The, all, the, all, the all-star special is still setting in, so you right. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like the, one of the implications of that being like, when we are reconciled, like his righteousness is then given to us. Yep. And something like just hit me like like a brick <laughs> this past weekend. I went to a Shane and Shane concert and um, there was one song they sang on their new album. It's called All Sufficient Merit. Really good song. If you haven't listened to it, you should go listen to it or um, listener. And um, one of the lyrics though, I've I've realized I've been singing it wrong since since they released it. So I don't know if it's like Or have they been singing it wrong? Maybe, I don't know. But it's like maybe I'm just really bad at listening and knowing lyrics or maybe it was just like kind of ingrained in me, but um the the line is uh the just basically from the chorus it says it is done, it is finished, no more debt I owe, paid in full, all sufficient merit now my own. And I used to sing that as not my own. And I realized, like, like when when we when I talk about justification, at least maybe this is just me, like I am all in on God taking away my sins and and paying in full for that punishment. And but I like that there's that like just brain block sometimes about like His righteousness being imputed to me and like not um, like I was thinking it's not my own His His merit's not my own like as basically where I have to earn it again and here like seeing that on the screen for the first time because I don't think we've sang it here at City Church so I've never seen lyrics on a screen it's like that is now my own like I just like broke down that night it's like wow that's a bit, that's a big truth for me to yeah. be be revealed and like when you're talking about it on Sunday it's like no his merit is our own because it's been given to us and now it is our righteousness that he it is Christ's righteousness that he sees in us yeah Second Corinthians 521 sorry Julia go ahead no, that's good. I just said, that's so good. <laughs> I think that it's also cool that, uh, you, like you mentioned this too, like sometimes we don't, we don't, we aren't quick to recognize that we were literally enemies, not just like there was no in between. Mm-hmm. And I think Paul has like a tangible, maybe a, what is a more tangible representation of that. So when he's writing that, it's cool to think about, like, right. look at God. Right. Like, Paul was was literally going in the opposite direction, as opposite as you can go. Yep. So I'm like, that's the case. And it's he's making it clear right here that that's the case for everyone yep. before Christ. So yep. I'm like, yeah, that's just so cool. And God is, do, does call him righteous. Like, mm-hmm. it's just so cool. That's incredible. <laughs> I love it. I agree. Very cool. Yeah, we have a few minutes left here. but A few I'd, minutes? That was quick. Yeah. 
um, I did want to um, highlight one thing that we kind of discussed on Friday with uh, with Travis. Uh, full transparency, we did ask him to be here this morning, but he's working, so. Boo. Yeah. Work. But um, but he, he brought up a good point about the the future ramifications of salvation and how you highlighted, you know, the the justification and reconciliation is is what we see first from Paul mm-hmm. here, but then when he when he's talking about being saved and when he's talking about salvation, it, he's talking about it in the future sense, like mm-hmm. that we will be saved if we if we have been justified. Much more will we be saved, um, and you're talking about how that is from that being saved from God's wrath at the final final judgment. Um, why did you feel um, what, that was important to include? I, I know it's like from Scripture, obviously, but. Um, because I think that that we use um, Christian words, uh, Christian lingo, Christianese, and, and I think that um, it's helpful. Um, I think sometimes that that the way that we use it without understanding what we're saying fully, maybe, um, it inhibits us to, to really appreciate what what we see in Scripture. Then we, like... What I'm saying is the the language that I use and understand, if I don't have um, a deeper understanding of how that word is used in Scripture, I'm going to try to interpret Scripture through the lens of my language and use. Um, so if it's if it's not well developed, um, you know we I think that that we're missing a lot and it really inhibits our ability to communicate effectively amongst other Christians and um, to non-believers as well. I, I think that what we see in Paul's usage specifically is that um, he uses that that word um, sozo in the Greek in in a past and a future sense. So there's an already but but not yet aspect, right? We we are saved the moment that we believed. We're delivered from God's wrath against sin because the penalty and the punishment of sin has been paid for by Christ. So we are saved, but it's fully realized at, at that, that um, last day of judgment um, because, again, the, the penalty um, and the punishment of sin has been paid for by Christ and that his righteousness is imputed to us, so he passes over us. Yeah, I think that that those future implications are, are crucial for us today about because it's like we can talk about being saved by God, but it's like do we realize that that salvation is also coming for us? Like, right. um, you know, we've we've heard the quote of we have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. Mm-hmm. It's like we need to remember that we will finally be saved. You know, out of this sinful flesh, out of this like hard life, yeah. um, and ultimately from the wrath of God, and because. You know, we did have that wrath built up against us, and now we don't. Um, but it's also going to be revealed again for us to realize, oh, we are saved from mm-hmm. that too at the final day. Mm-hmm. What more hope do you need hey, than that? Yeah, I'm like, no wonder the world thinks we're crazy because you're in the middle of suffering and you're like, oh, no, no worries, I have eternal joy. Yeah in my suffering it's like that's what happens when jesus is sitting at the right hand of the father interceding on our behalf and god is on our side i'm like what (laughs) i don't know what more hope you could possibly need it's like crazy yeah and and that's why you know to julia's point that's why we 
like when we closed on Sunday, it was a reminder to very simple and basic things, right? We're, we're not saying like you need to develop this complex and rigid Bible study, but get in the word, get in prayer, get in gospel centered community. Like those three, th- the world will cause you to doubt the, especially the, the pace of 21st century life the pressures of 21st century life, the temptations of 21st century life. And and we're all in this hamster wheel. And, and if we don't intentionally step off, like often, regularly, consistently, we're going to struggle. The consequences of struggling, right? We're, we're not, we can't lose our salvation. Uh, we made that pretty clear. We read, um, you know, just one passage, uh, John 10, I think it was 10, 28, um, yeah, John 10, 28 and 29. We can't lose our salvation, but what we can do is live a, a pretty pathetic Christian life. And that stings, but it's important to hear that. Like, you know, if if the Holy Spirit is living in, in every born-again believer, which he is, conforming us into the image and likeness of Christ, which he is, then we should be increasingly missionally-minded, kingdom-focused, spirit-driven um, and completely submissive to uh, the will of God. And and I think doubt inhibits our ability to do that through and through. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Any final thoughts or encouragements that either of y'all have for the listener today? My, my final encouragement would be that if, if somebody is struggling with doubt, to get in the word of God um, because his scripture also says those who seek find and that is a literal promise and God wants to wants to speak to you and wants to reveal himself to you um, and like you said Marcus earlier like the more that you're in the world the more space there is for other voices to tell you other things um, but I think that it looks less like white knuckling your faith and like, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe it. And more like getting in the word and being honest with the father and letting him speak truth to you. Um, because there's a lot of promises in there and he wants to reveal himself. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I, I would um, agree entirely with what Julia said. The, I guess the the final encouragement um, for me, it like when we're talking about getting into the Word, um, read it submissively, right? Like I think, um, you know, God is big enough for you to ask really deep and tough questions to. You don't need to hold them to yourself. Go to God's Word to hear and not to come up with your own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he... he has revealed himself in Christ. He has revealed himself in creation. He has revealed himself um, through his word. Like, he wants you to know him, right, and trust him and love him. Um, and he's made that possible through Christ. So, you know, go go to him in his word, in prayer, submissively, looking to hear, um, rather than justify your position or or 
you know, develop a defense to go beat up your non-Christian friend with, <laughs> like, go to him for yourself yeah. with your deep, dark, hurting questions. Yeah, that's so good. Well, listener, we hope that you were benefited from this conversation. I edified know is the edified Christian word. Christianese 101, come on. <laughs> Um, that's, a, that's what we can call this podcast is Christian News 101. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we hope that you can also join us on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. at City Church in Gainesville and also Wednesdays starting this week, uh, which is August 16th. Um, starting at 6.30 p.m., we'll have kids and students and adults. In on. the new classroom. Yes. Let's go students. Yeah, we I are. It's not a classroom, but student room. Yeah, we're we're sitting right here in the new student room, and it looks looks great. It's still a work in progress, but I'm I'm looking forward to getting in here with them. Yeah. So, listener, thank you so much again. Until next time.